0: Real Cuff Radio is about to begin.
1: Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us.
0: Welcome to Real Cuff. And tonight we've got some stories that are going to inspire you to get out of your comfort zone. And start doing something for God. So I have on the line tonight Sandra Black, and she is the uh, founder of Living Spring Outreach. Sandra?
2: Yes, Todd. Thank you very much. Uh, Living Spring Outreach is a 501c3, it was founded nearly 20 years ago, a ministry to reach widows, orphans, those in jail with tracts and books and. The last four years, I've had physical problems, and I really have been sidelined, but I'm coming out, and during that time, we were able to help other ministries that do the same, so I believe we're going to be back, back in full swing before long. Uh, I want to talk about my jail time tonight. I want to share that testimony, and there's a lot in, in it. And I'll talk fast and get as much as I can get into it. In, ni- in 1980, uh, I was asked to, well, I was, I was working for the census when they had the 80 census in Del Rio, Texas. And I had been spirit-filled and, and really full of, full of the Lord for, for about a year. And I was excited about everything he was doing. Well, one day when we were all in our training session. They said, we need someone that will go into the jail and the nursing home. Well, gosh, I was so excited. Boy, I raised my hand. Nobody else in the room raised their hand. And so, of course, I got the job, and I went for the training. And they said, when you go into the jail, uh, you you get the information, but every third person was a long form. And so... uh, I went down the list and marked the ones that I needed to do the long form with. Well, when when I went down the list, well, then I would go to each person. Well, I went to all the people, but I would go to the, for the long form. I would sit with them, they'd bring them in, and I'd ask them the questions. And one of the guys that came in was uh, out of a 16-man cell downstairs in the old jail and so we began to talk, and after we did the census, well, I was share. we were just sharing about the Lord. And uh, he was sitting outside the cell, and we were sitting there, and he said, You know, he said, I need to do that. And I could see all the guys that were in there, and I said, His name was Israel. And they had a, fam- a bunch of cousins broke into uh a post office in Rock Springs and that was what he was in jail for and his name was Israel and I said well now Israel I said you don't need to to get on your knees and because he had started to and I thought well gosh all those guys in there and he looked right at me and he said yes I do because he said I have to make this real with God and, you know, I started to cry. He got down on his knees and said, God, please help me. Please help me. I'm I'm in a mess. And he said, I need you. I need you. So obviously he knew the Lord before or something about him. And, you know, that, that just kind of sealed my heart that, wow, this is awesome to go in and just, just share. And so after that time, I was able to do a lot in that jail, and I knew the the sheriff, uh, and and he, uh, I think my sons had, were classmates and football uh, players with his son, and so he said, gosh, he said, I've seen what you've done just coming here, and he said, you do lift the spirits of the people, and so, so he really did say, anytime you want to come down, you're able to come down here. So I would go in. Now, Wayne always prayed for me before, laid hands on me before I went. And then again, while I was in there, he was praying. And when I went back another time, I was going cell to cell, and there was a man there that had Uh, set the the his father's trailer on fire to of course to burn kill his father and he was in there and I started talking to him and you know I said sir I said I'd like to share with you and and he said he was he smoked cigarette after cigarette I knew because he was just shaking and I said sir I said uh what can I do for you he said will you get me some cigarettes and I said, well, you know, I'll, I'll do that. And I said, the next time I come in, and I talked to him, I prayed and left some tracks, and and uh, a few days later, I went back, and I did have a carton of cigarettes. And I had prayed about that, and I thought his heart needed to be reached. Uh, cigarettes weren't a thing that Christians bring in to, to give somebody in jail. But, you know, when when I, when I prayed... It was like the Lord just said you got to reach him physically and then you can reach his heart. And you know as long as as uh, and someone has a need whether it's hunger whether it's with clothing sometimes just meeting that need leads them to be receptive in their heart to hear what God how much God loves him and what he can do for their life. Well the next time I came He said, ma'am, he said, the other people, the other church people that come in here, they said, you're not of God. You can't be of God or you wouldn't have brought me cigarettes. And I didn't, I didn't criticize because I didn't say anything, but I thought, well, honey, you just, you, you needed first. And and he said, ma'am, he said, I want to listen to you because you really cared about me and I really believe that some of that came from a dream that I had when I was ministering. There were so many different denominations, different religious people, and it's like if they were so politically correct in certain things, and they criticized someone because they spoke in tongues. They criticized someone else because of this, because of that, and the Lord showed me in the dream, all these and they were all women, and it was uh, it was inside the Assembly of God Church where well we I didn't go but I ministered there and we had meetings there, and they were all lined up and they were a lot of women with polka dotted dresses and green and pink and but they all stood together and the Lord said I want you to see that those are all my children, whether they're Baptist whether they're Pentecostal, they're my, all my children. And just like in a family, uh, and he and showed me, I, we had cousins that lived in the country and had an outhouse. And we thought that was neat when we went there, except in the middle of the night if you had to go to the restroom. And, he, and we weren't the same, but yet we were all family. And he said, that's, all of these are mine. They belong to me. And whether, whatever they believe, respect each other and love each other when they call on my name. So that was, that I, think, I I know that, that that dream just really, really changed my heart because I saw many people in jail and, and many that went in to minister. And yet they were, they would kind of look At other groups critically and I just was able to love everybody and I felt like that love flowed over to them another another one that was to me was was really awesome uh, that I had been going for a few months to the jail and one uh, I think it was a weekend and and one uh, one of the jailers called me and they said, Mrs. Black said, we've got somebody down here that uh, she's not in jail, she's not committed a crime, but said uh, she was on the Pecos Bridge, and every time a car drove by, she would had a cowboy shirt on, and she would rip it open, and she would be naked there. And so a truck driver picked her up, and he took her to the jail. He said, you know, this woman is going to be uh, attacked or, or, you know, by somebody coming along. So he, he picked her up and took her down there and told him, and said, look, said, she's, uh, she's in danger out there in the middle of nowhere. And she was barefooted but had on a pair of high, high red heels and blue jeans and that cowboy shirt. And he had given her a popsicle. Which she had eaten, and and it was she had chocolate on her arms and had dripped on her So he said, w- "Would you take her and and get her on a bus to go back to El Paso where she came from?" And he said she really hadn't committed a crime, and he said we we just don't have a place for her. So I, I went down, and when I walked in, well, he said. Well, here she is and said, anything that turns you on, lady, that was what the the jailers used to say. And so I took her and put her in the car. I had a son with me, and uh, I was going to take her uh, that night to church, but it was a few hours still then, and we needed to eat. So I decided that, that I would stop and get chicken on the way home, and I sent my son in to get chicken. And while I was sitting in the car with her, we were talking, and she would reach over to touch me. But when she got about five inches from me, she just kind of like stopped. And I didn't think anything of it. And a number of times she went to reach me. And when my son came back, we uh, took the chicken home. And when I got there... I, I told her, I said, now, you need to go bathe. And I said, I've got some clothes that would fit you and that you can put on. I said, we're going to go. I'm going to take you to a church tonight. And uh, and I'm going to get you on the bus. But th- but the bus didn't come till like, 1030 at night. And so, you know, uh, she kept walking around, and, and she was just kind of like, well, she, really, she was full of demons, <laughs> but kind of walking around like she was kind of dazed. And she kept saying, my sticker hurts, my sticker hurts. And I thought, well, gosh, she's barefooted. She might have got a sticker. And I said, now I want you to bathe. She would not get in the bathtub. She would not bathe.
0: And later, I,
2: I realized her sticker wasn't in her foot. She was talking to something else. I mean, I, who knows what that girl had gone through. And, you know, we went ahead and ate. We went down to the church, and the, the pastor, we went to Word Outreach uh, at the time with Mike Kyle. And so we had a service, and I was kind of embarrassed on the back row. I know he was embarrassed because there were visitors that night, and it was a new church, and she kept laughing out loud and, and stuff, and then she'd go to the restroom and come back and laugh out loud and kind of disruptive. So uh, after that, uh, we went up uh, up to the front, and he said, "Now we're going to pray, and uh, and you be specific. What do you want? What do you want to pray?" And you know, Todd, she said, <laughs> she looked at, pointed her finger over, and said that her and I can go to bed together. <laughs> And I think the pastor nearly fell over, and I started laughing. And I said, "I, I don't think so. I, I'm not in agreement, and God is sure not in agreement." So he decided. I think he he brought the money real fast that would would be her for her bus ticket back to El Paso. And and as we left there, there there was a mission down by the overpass there in in Del Rio. At uh, Brother Herman, so we decided another a guy from the another guy from the church he, that that he said I want to go with y'all. He said, "Boy, what you what y'all are doing?" He said, "I want to be with y'all." And I think his name was Jim uh, Ditta. He was an Air Force guy and he was on fire for the Lord. And so he went with us, and we went to Brother Herman's. And we were sitting there, and Brother Herman had gone to Mexico to do ministry, and he wasn't back yet. So we sat in the church, and, and we sat there and prayed. We pr- prayed at the altar. We sat there and prayed, and, and I'd say uh, her name was, was Yoli. I remember that because I had a sister-in-law named Yoli. And she, she d- danced, an exotic dancer at the Kit Kat Club in El Paso, Well, then I would say, Yoli, I would be sitting there praying. I said, someone is praying for you. And you know that that she would like be in her right mind. And she said, my grandmother is praying for me. And we kept praying. But, you know, that that was uh, her grandmother, her grandmother, the prayers of mothers, of grandmothers, of aunts, of fathers, we just don't realize how much the prayers can help. Here was this girl, danced with snakes, danced with snakes. She was so full of demons. What she had been through since she was, oh, oh, back when I went to, track back to when I went to pick her up in the jail, do you know that when I went to get her, I looked at her, and when I looked at her, all of a sudden I saw her as a little baby with little tiny precious feet, her family had, had plans for her life, and here the enemy had sidetracked. It was destroying her life. Every day was destroying, but her grandmother was praying. Her grandmother was praying, and while we were there, we were at the, I I'd had her be right there with us where we were praying, and there was a bottle of olive oil, which was for anointing when you pray, And that olive oil, she looked over and saw the bottle and she said, I'll have some of that. Like she was going to drink it. She really was. And I said, no, 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 that's olive oil. That's for anointing. And a little bit later when Brother Herman came in, he took authority. He prayed. And, you know, right in front of our eyes, she she was set free from some of those bondages. And suddenly she was so weak. I mean, we just we had to nearly put her in the carrier to put her in the car. The the bus w- wasn't ready to leave, so we went to Dairy Queen and, and and as we sat there and talked, she really was like in her right mind. And I said, now we're putting you back on the bus, and and I said, God's going to take care of you because someone that you don't know. She's going back to another town. I've I, I never heard anything at, at all, no, nothing except that I know that God loved her so much that He was watching over her, and I just, I just believe that she was out of that life. But when we got to the bus station, the bus, the the guy that sold the ticket, he said, "Is she okay?" Because she was so weak, having been full of. All those demonic forces for so long, and we said, "Oh, she's okay. She'll sleep." And uh, we got her and 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 got her bus ticket and waited until she got on the bus and headed back to Del Rio. But so some so that that's been, gosh, has it been thirty five or forty years, nearly forty years ago? But wherever she is, God's hand, I believe, is on her, and that she's serving the Lord. You know, uh, I want to tell you another one that the la- the, it was really the last night. Now I didn't say that to Wayne before I left to go to the jail there. I didn't tell him. I think it's the last night, and but I felt like it in my spirit that I went down there, and it was on a maybe a Sunday night, and the the guy just told me he said, "Go on upstairs." I mean, everybody's in in cells. And he said, "Just go on upstairs and talk to those that that you know that you know to talk to and minister, and and you're okay up there." And so I walked up the stairs, and they were two brothers. They were they had they had known the Lord, and they got back into drugs, and had they had uh, oh gosh I don't know they tr- killed someone or tried to kill someone or whatever it was. And so I, and someone had told me there's two guys that used to be Christian. And so I went and talked to them, and they really responded. And I was able to pray with them, and because they were really in a mess, uh, they were, and as I, as I prayed with them and, and walked away from there, I, when I turned the corner, I remember that nobody could see me in that area that I was, and, but I was so thrilled. Cause I heard one of them say, you know, people have come and talked to us, but that lady is filled with God. And, and so I was so excited to hear that. Well, I went around to the other side and there was a, a cell with uh, maybe 20 men in it. And they were all together and they were bunk beds. And, and so I, sp- I speak Spanish enough to, to be able to say a few words in Spanish. And when I started talking to them, then uh a lot of them were listening, and there was an elderly man on on a top bunk that was sitting there and When I started talking to him, I said, "I just want to share about the lord and i and I was sharing about God loves each of them, no matter where they are, where they come from. He has a plan for each of their lives and Uh, A couple of the men came over by the bars and wanted me to pray for them. And one guy had had a a young guy, had to be less than 20. He said, you know, I had a dream. And he said, my grandma was always praying for me. And in that dream, well, somebody was saying, the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. And he said, I think I better get ready. And he came over and, 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 and I prayed. And gosh, that's been so many years ago. And the Lord still hasn't come, but we know he's coming. And coming back for his people, if you don't go on to be with them for it first. And I look back in the corner, and if I cry on this, I uh, I'll keep going. I look back in the corner, and there was the biggest guy, and had a shirt on that said Harvard. And I and I'm thinking with my mind, where did he ever get a shirt that said Harvard on it that big, and. And I said, Honey, do you have a back problem? And he looked at me and he said, Yes, ma'am. And I said, Your back is he said, Yes, ma'am, it's real painful. I said, Well come here. And he came over to the to the to the bars. And you know, I put my one hand on his the back of it by his waist. And one one hand on the other chest, the huge top chest. And I prayed, and the power of the Lord went through him and healed his back. And he was weeping, and I was weeping. And the rest of the guys around there that really hadn't responded, they'd listened, but they hadn't come for prayer. They all lined up. Where is that guy from Harvard today? Because he was you know, he's much younger than me. Where is that guy today? When you pray for people like that on the street, you you never see them again. Very seldom see them again, but you know that God loves them with an everlasting love, and He cares for them. God, when when I uh, after after that, when I walked out of the jail that night, that had been the most wonderful wonderful night. And do you know that? Uh, that I, uh, when I walked out, I thought, I'm not supposed to come back here, am I, Lord? And when I got home, I said, Dad, I'm not, Wayne, I'm not supposed to come back here again. That was my last time. And he said, you know, I felt the same thing. And so a period of, of, of time went by. They were building the new jail. And when, and when they did build the new jail, uh, about that time, I was called to, to jury duty, and the courthouse was, Valverde County Courthouse was full of all the jurors. And as I sat there and and uh, and waited, with along with the other people, they began to call people because the case was for a woman that had heard voices and had told her to do things. And I had I had been to a couple of cases or trials when the district attorney had people that had been, uh, someone had, had had raped a woman and so, someone and I had been called as character witnesses witness, and when when I did, uh, and I was listening to well when my name was called well I went up with the group and and so the district attorney said. Mrs. Black, aren't you a trained counselor? Don't you have a degree in counseling? And I said, No. And he said, Don't you counsel? And I said, Yes. And he said, Well, what are you what's your authority? And it just came out of me so good. I said, My authority is the word of God and the Spirit of God. And I said, By giving that forth, I'm able to to help people and have helped people change their lives. And he said, well, how was that? And I said, well, I used to be addicted to drugs, and and mine were prescription drugs and some off-the-street drugs. And I said, God so changed my life that I counsel, that he wants to work in everyone's life. And so as I shared that, I could see that girl. She was a blonde, a large blonde, sitting there. And then he, she was looking right at me. And and Tom Lee, the district attorney, said uh, she's excused. That they didn't want me on the. They didn't want me on the jury. But you know, when I got up and went back to my seat, Todd, as I went to sit down, people that had been sitting next to me. Moved, and I was sitting there alone. And I thought, "Oh gosh, speak out, speak out for the Lord." And and I mean, it was like, you know, uh, a pin could have dropped in there. Like E. F. Hutton. I mean, everybody was listening, but nobody wanted to sit with me when I went back. I sat down where I'd been, and when they released the courtroom, I I I felt okay because I knew that the presence of God had just been with me. So strong when I shared that, that I went to walk out, and a friend, a sister of a precious friend of mine, ran up to me and shook me on the arm and said, Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. She was also a Christian. And I thought, Wow, God sent one little girl. And she didn't, and when I told her years later, she didn't even remember that she did that. And I said, That day I was walking out like, you know, I had been a part of Garden Club and the Country Club and a lot of different things, but that day I was like, "No, no, you know anyway, uh a few weeks after that they they asked me to uh, well, I asked them, I said, "Can I go to the new jail?" And so I was able I said, "I want to see that lady and that had been there that was on trial. And so, and I said, now, we, I never talk about their trials or anything that they've done. I'm just there to talk about their life and their destiny, their what God has for them and how special they are to God and how much God loves them. So, of course, the the uh, the sheriff got me in to go, and, and I, w- I went in, and uh, they put her in a room by herself, I think it was a library, and they let me go in. And do you know, she looked at me and she said, ma'am, I want to talk to you. She said, I saw you the day in the courtroom when you were asked to be on the jury. And she said, I saw the way that people responded to you and said, I'll listen to you. Tell me what you want to say. And I was able to minister minister, minister to her because of what I had stepped out and said that day and that really uh that really opened the door she said would you could you come on Sundays also and do you know that I was able to to begin Sundays out there and we were, what we go we used to go for lunch after someone at church he would have a meal and stuff and and they said what I, I said I have to leave right now I've got to go to the jail and." And Fred said, "What do you want us to pray?" And I said, "You know, I, I, I want to I, I want y'all just to pray that that when I go in, well, uh, people are they're used to hearing some very religious and going through all these rules and not how much God loves you, how He forgives you, how He has a plan for His life." And I said, "I just want to knock them on their rear when I go in." And one of the ladies said, I know what you mean, but I didn't use rare. I used the A word, but mom said, don't use the A word. So out of respect of her, I'll not use the A word. And I saw so many changes. And I would do do a, a, a sermon in English, and then I would do a sermon in Spanish. Not necessarily the same sermon, because my words are limited, and so I'd let the Holy Spirit help me. And some of the women that spoke most languages, they'd laugh, and they'd say, Sandra, do you know that you're giving a totally different sermon in English and sermon in Spanish? But I went there for quite a few months. Let me take a drink of water here, John.
0: You should have had one of the women interpret.
2: Uh, they want to listen, Todd. They want to listen. They really do. And Now, I don't remember which visit this was, but once I I went in, the only time, never, all the years that I've gone in jail, has anyone made a crude or ugly comment, uh, said anything, did I ever feel endangered in any way, but this one time I had just come out from seeing the women, and when I did, I went out to the front, and at the same time, they had let a man out that was in jail, you know, that was a prisoner, to use a phone because the phone right there was on the outside. And as I walked out, he grabbed a hold of me, put his arm around my neck, and I guess he was going to hold me as a hostage or something. But I said, in the name of Jesus, stop it. Let me alone. And, you know, he, he he just went limp. He just was, like, confused. God had so put a shield around me that that he was not able to hurt me. And, and, and the, the guards inside, I don't think they even saw it. And I never did say anything. But, I mean, he was just, like, shocked. <laughs> so I was shocked afterwards when I thought about it. But. The same way that when I had taken that woman home from the jail, I realized she had not been able to touch me. She had tried to touch me with her hand. And I, had, I, had, I realized that afterwards, God had put a shield around me. Now, in, in, uh, in Psalm 710, this is in the Living Trans- Bible, God is my shield and he will defend me. He saves those whose hearts and lives are true and right. He is my shield. He was around me, the spirit of God. New King James, Psalms 1830 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. You know, that, that really, those, those things were, were learning. Not only were they awesome, and, and I can still remember them so many years ago. And, you know, just today I was sharing, uh, I asked a friend from, that lives in Amarillo now, and I said, you know, I'm going to share my jail, my jail time. And, uh, you know, I, I remember my, my younger sons used to say, yeah, our mom's in jail this weekend. Well, they never used to say that I was going there to minister. I, I said, I guess people, a lot of people must have thought, well, gosh, she must have committed a crime and has to serve time, time in jail. And uh, and during during that time, but today my, my friend said, she said, oh, Sandra, she said, you have all of the fun. You always get to do such neat things. And I text back to her, and I said, you've got the same spirit of God in you that I do. Your spirit, man, is perfect. It's the body and the mind that needs to be restored. God wants to do the same with everyone. Not everyone has the same personality. But I said, start ministering that way. When you go to Walmart, the Lord will show you. The Lord will show you people that you can just bless. You don't have to mention the Lord on some of them. Just, just, just bless them, and they have a good day. And He'll show you which ones. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm want to do another show coming up that's calling. Uh, Stop for the one that people need to realize how much that. God loves each person, all of humanity. Not and, and a lot of the people that I minister to are a different faith. Uh, they're all different colors. They're all different types of people. Uh just uh absolutely God loves every single every single one in humanity and He has a plan for their life. Gosh, I wish I I knew what some of them but I will someday when I get to heaven. Some of them that have been in the prison over the years. You know, after we moved to Del all that was in Del Rio. When we moved to, to Lindale, I was so blessed to go to Calvary Commission with Calvary Commission groups. that they, they take the different people to minister to those in prison. And we were going down to uh, Huntsville, uh, that, where, where the prisons were, where they have death row. And uh, on the way down, I thought, "Oh gosh, I would love to do that because I always like exciting things." And and God moves. And uh, when we got there, well, they were assigning people the stuff, and they said death row. Well, one of the ladies and her friend raised her hand, and so and she was the lead lady. So they picked them to go. And and there was uh, then they stopped, and they people were to go two by two, and they said. Uh, we need just one person and it was something called ad seg or something, but it was in the same building as death row at the time. And, uh, I raised my hand and which they told us now, you're not going to go alone. You, you go in, in, in two. Well, the lady said, well, yeah, cause the, the, the jailer said, no, we need just one. and, so I, they, they took me down there, and I went in while the guard stayed with me. And I went from cell to cell, and uh, I was able to minister to every girl on there and pray with them. She heard my testimony, and when I got to the end, I said, Honey, I'm through, and it's early. And, but I said, I've ministered to every person. And she said, Ma'am, she said, You need to go over to death row. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. Said they need to hear you, and so we walked out. We went over there, and uh, in inside, and the women that they have their choice if they want to come out to a to a service, and they were like, I don't know, three or four, four or five women that were sitting in there, and my my friends had were ministering. They looked surprised when I walked in. I said, Well, the guard wanted me to come in, so I was sharing. And as I was sharing one of the women that was what was due to be le- electrocuted or whatever, coming up not too far off, she started talking and I looked at her and and she had so much of the Lord on her that she began to minister to us that had gone in to minister to them. She shared a bunch of stuff and it was just... Uh, it was just like being in the presence of the Lord. She had so much of the Lord on her because and she had committed the crime. She had killed people under narcotics and under drugs, and she was due to, to, to be electrocuted. A few months later, that, that was a powerful time, but a few months later, I was in, uh, in Dallas at a conference, a Christian conference, and I was walking down the hall. And they had a sports bar or something there with the TV on. And it said, well, she has been electrocuted tonight. And, you know, I thought, praise God. Praise God. She's in the presence of her Savior. What she was able to do in that prison, maybe she would never have been able to do it outside that prison. Things like that, you remember, they change your life when you come into the into the when you come in contact with those that are filled with the love of god and god wants everyone everyone to do the same whether you you know much in the word you have your testimony about how he's changed your heart because god is a god of grace and i well, know, you know
0: that just like yeah, in the just like in the prisons these people in their jobs—they're the only ones that may ever reach somebody in their job. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah. So. And and we're seeing such a move with such awesome prison minist- ministries that go in and that share. Uh, I went for a number of years every other week to Skyview, which is the uh, psychiatric right here, close here in Rusk and i'd go in and i'd do my harp and play and uh, uh we had such a, a joyful time and and would sing and would laugh and would talk and uh i always have lots of sh- stories to 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 crazy stories to share but i want to share a story one night that you know i never thought i never thought i'd share this but i, I went in and there was a girl that came every time. She was like the first one to march in. But, you know, she was stoic. She never sang. She never made a comment. She looked straight ahead. And she it was like, she was, you know, you wondered, was she even hearing anything? But yet she came each time. Well, I was sharing, and I had another lady with me that was really a good Bible teacher. But she was sitting over there, and I was standing up, and I was talking about well, as a matter of fact, I was talking about Marsha Kendall, and I, and I was telling her that telling about a wedding that 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 she had done for a close friend of both of us, and they had asked him not to not to talk about the Lord because he was a strong Christian, but he had got away and remarried, and he didn't want any mention of the Lord. Well, they I don't believe that they they were able to follow that, but. Anyway, after the wedding, they said let's everybody let's everybody uh, boot scoot around and and they they put on they were dancing and so uh, Marcia had told me I said she she said well I, John I think we can boot scoot a little bit so she was dancing well anyway you know that this woman that had come for for months it could have been six months that she came every week never you just you you. Almost could wave your hand in front of her. no no response. Do you know that I was sharing that? And so I turned around like dancing and 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 do you know, Todd, I had gas, and I mean, it was loud. And do you know that for the first time in six months, she laughed and she laughed and she laughed. and she said, You, the F word, mother wouldn't want me to say it, but anyway, she said, you did, you did. And then she would laugh, and then she would start to cry, and she'd say, Jesus is healing me. Jesus is healing me. Well, the other woman that was with me was a little bit uh, religious. And she was really appalled that I had had gas. Well, I was sorry. I, I was embarrassed, too. I mean, I was a red face. But I said, why don't you take a couple of these women that are really into the Bible, and I'll take the other ones, and we'll worship and sing. And do you know that that throughout the rest of the evening, we had a couple of hours with them, we would be singing and she would look at me and she would say, you farted. <laughs> and the next minute, sorry, Mom, Mom's Mom in heaven. Uh, the next minute, she'd say, but she would start to weep. But Jesus is healing me. God would not God God can use anything.
0: Yep, he sure can.
2: We're, we're not perfect. Even not one of them. Well, even somebody with gas, (laughs) and I never thought I would share that. And then he's had me share it a number of times, and I I I, I still get embarrassed and laugh about that. You know, that was that was that that door closed too. I never saw her again, and I just prayed for all of those that I never see again. Lord, they're in Your hands. Well, I know they've always been in His hands, and. When I think of someone, uh, I pray for them. Lord, let them be all that they were created to be before the foundation of the world. And that's what I wanted to share tonight. God wants to use each of us. If your life is dull, uh, begin to ask the Lord for, for divine appointments when you go to Walmart, when you're on the street, wherever you are, and and, and then let him use you. It will, it will, it will completely change your life. It'll come, ch- it, it, it'll change the person you're talking to life. Just every day, just every day. You know, you want- it's, it's not about, it's not about works, but no. one thing,
0: one thing that, that he said, you don't want to come to me empty handed. So, you well, know, it's, it's time for everybody to get up and start doing something. If it's just talking to the one person at work or your neighbor, I mean, how many people have even just walked across the street and took a, you know, take some banana bread or something? Make
2: something. Yeah, just well, just just getting to be friends, just just getting to be uh, getting to know someone, and they'll see that your life is different. Uh, St. Francis, that prayer, you know. Uh, last resort, use words. Use kindness. Use love. You know, just uh, every place I go, I I, lo- I love to hug people. I love, and that being, that being that I'm so old, Grandma gets to do a lot of things that somebody younger wouldn't. And and Dad said, "You're always y hugging these guys that I always asked before." And I said, "Can I just bless you?" And I can do it in Spanish, too. And and it's just, uh, it's exciting. God is exciting. And he wants our lives to be filled with his love and excitement. So I guess that was what I wanted to share tonight, my time in jail. And, you know, if you add up all those uh, probably 30 years of going to jail and stuff, I probably have, I have been in jail for a number of times. A number of of, of add it all up and it is a long a longer time. So, thank you for letting me share that tonight. And I know I fumbled some of my words, but but uh, my heart was full. And and I remember those people. And I still, when when God puts somebody again in your you in your memory that you remember or something, just pray for them and say, Lord, thank you. You're still working in them like you're still working in me. Like you're still working in all of us.
0: All right. Well, do you want to pray over the people? Yeah,
2: I do. Yeah, I do. And, I and do. pray for
0: them to have the courage to get out and start talking.
2: Yeah, I do. Father God, I just love you so much, and I thank you. I was able to share these tonight, and Lord, I know that how much you love each one, and it's not our works. It's not our works at all. It's just loving you and that love sharing over to other people and i just i just pray that each person that hears this will be lifted up and want to begin to want to share you we ask for that for, for each one to have courage and boldness in, in 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 your name in your precious name how much you care for each person that they come in contact with each one of you sees people that no one else would see in your daily work or your daily travels. but in Jesus' name they you share what, what God has put in their lives and be bold and just proclaim what God has done in your life. And in the name of Jesus, we, we'll, we'll see this world come to, to, our, to our Savior. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Well, that's a wrap, and I will put your information you know, on this. So if, if anybody wants to email and, and uh, encourage Sandra or support her or anything. Okay. So, I
2: thank you for that. I thank you well, for thank you, that, Tom. Thank you
0: for coming on.
2: Okay.
1: That there's rich folks eatin' in a fancy dining car. They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Well I know I had it comin'. I know I can't be free. But those people keep them movin', and that's what tortures me.